Welcome ladies and gentlemen, wankers and ho-ho-hos and everything in between, fa-la-la-la-la and jingle bell, rock your way into the Turalura universe. How's it going, Josh? Paolo, you are Galer, August Hello and Merry Christmas and Happy December and hello Christian and how are you getting on? Not too bad, especially not now that I'm sitting here in my cosy bed with my new duvet. I love it. You're looking very lap. cosy there. I am very cosy. I, I told you just before we started um, recording that uh, I, I had planned on having a mug of, well... Technically not mulled wine, but basically mulled wine without the wine, uh, which is like... (laughs) So you were having a cup of mulled? Yeah, a cup of... Yeah, basically. It's like a spice syrup that they sell in in the Nordics that you just mix. You mix it with either water or wine. So it's kind of a... It's a... uh, Yeah, it's a... Like one of my new favourites, as you know, Christian, is... A bottle of stuff that I gave to you, and I don't know if you've tried it yet in your own time, but it's no, it's the wild red mead. I I wanted to, um, well, first to give some background. I mean, yeah. we talked a lot about all of the things that we've done mm-hmm. last week, but yeah, uh, for Rory's wedding, uh, it was also my thirtieth uh, uh, birthday, and Josh, uh, very. Uh, v- as the fantastic friend that he is, he gifted me a bottle of um, the wild red uh, mead that he's been talking about for ages. Kinsale as well. Mead. Yeah, from County Clare. County is Cork. Kinsale County is Cork. Cork. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, as well, uh, a tasting kit of the three different kinds of uh, mead that they make. So we have a very... Uh, a very clear plan that will finally get to make the mead episode and i think it's going to be a good one i also have i have a bottle of mead that my friend jonas made i have the big bottle of uh of uh kinsale mead uh that i might i might do what you did didn't you mull it the mead yeah this is yeah. the thing that i was going to say because you were talking about mulled mulled wine or mulled mulled syrup um, one of my favourite drinks every winter I always make mulled wine and I make a habit of making it and I always get all the ingredients and I make it from scratch and I do it myself in the pot with like nice red wine and it's just thickin- It's just one of those Christmas things for me and I get very drunk because I drink too much of it because it's too nice <laughs> not because I'm an alcoholic just because it's too feckin' nice but Last year and the year before, during COVID for the first time, I got into this habit because I started thinking about mead a lot. Because if you've listened to me and Christian's episode about our origin story, you'll know the story about the Bunratty mead and the feckin' Norwegians and all of that stuff. So I always bought Bunratty mead and I got Christian a bottle for his 30th birthday this year too, as well as the Kinsale stuff. But yeah. The Kinsale stuff, as I mentioned this time last year, has stolen my heart. And one of their recipes, which they actually hand wrote and posted to me along with the bottle of wild red mead, was to mull it with cinnamon and spices. Uh, what is aniseed, star anise. So yeah. you get you get the bottle of wild red mead. You put it in a pot. You put it on the on the hob. You put star anise in there. You get cinnamon sticks. 
and yep. you boil you boil them in there too and you can add if you really want to you can add orange juice or things like that too but you really get the flavor just from the anise and the cinnamon and heat it up and it's almost as good if not better than normal mulled wine made from scratch yeah Oh. You can get the glue wine, you know, the stuff around the yeah. the German countries and uh, the likes of the Netherlands and Vienna, all those places sell glue wine. And in the markets, it's really nice. But most places you can only buy it in bottles, like already pre-made. And yeah, it's, yeah. it's just not the same. But this is what we buy. It's it's sort of a, it's called in Norwegian, it's called glug, which yeah. is a shortened form from... Uh, Glödet vin, which basically means uh, embered wine. Um, but the thing is, it's only the syrup, and then yeah. you can make it alcohol free. Then you just mix it with with water. So one <laughs> one part. Like the, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, just one part of the bottle, and then two parts water or wine, depending on what you want. But obviously, it's it's not going to be the same as a good mulled wine. If you if you if you mix wine and a little bit of sugar syrup with cinnamon sticks, and yes, yeah, star anise, cardamom pods, nice. uh, vanilla bean. Oh, it's fantastic! I'm feeling Christmassy just talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> I and was going to the... say you could do like the traditional Galway Christmas market every year and make that, and then add a shit ton of brandy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do. Well, that's what they used to do. I haven't been at the Galway Christmas market in a lot of years now, but they used to give you mulled wine and just load it up with brandy or bourbon. Yeah, and it was just fucking gorgeous. <laughs> have you, Have you ever thought about the fact that um, mulled wine and sangria? are basically the same thing. It's just one is chilled and mixed potentially with Sprite or sparkling water <laughs> and the other one's just I think Mulvane uses a lot more Christmassy spices though. I mean, if if you look up recipes for traditional sangria, very often they use cinnamon sticks and they use uh, really? cardamom and uh, <laughs> well, yeah, nutmeg and that's actually all of that stuff. My experience in sangria was really a lot of... Uh, summer fruits and like you said sprite or fanta yeah and all of that kind of stuff i actually preferred over in spain during the summer their big drink was of course it was sangria but another one was something called tinto de verano which is very similar to sangria but it's it's basically like taking a bottle of red wine and a bottle of club orange and mixing them together okay um it's it's actually really nice just another fruity version but maybe a little bit more fizzy Something like that. Anyway, enough of the summer drinks. We're talking about <laughs> winter drinks. And folks, we're we in... are we are in the winter Christmas zone. So we're not off topic here talking about mulled wine. Don't you worry. We decided that we would... I mean, last the last episode uh, was released in December, um, to be fair. But we did record it in November. But now we're sitting here. It is December. Uh, and we are trying to get into the spirit, aren't we? And we had a discussion uh, as we more and more often. I mean, back in the days when we started this podcast, uh, we decided on the song maybe a week, maybe weeks in advance. Uh, more recently, we've started <laughs> deciding maybe half an hour uh, before we uh, start recording or in this but case. But still, we, we try our best to come up with good reasons to choose these songs. 
Yeah. And I said, uh, I asked you if you had any ideas and then you asked me if I had any ideas. And I said, uh, Jumbo Breakfast Roll, uh, which is a song we might never uh, tackle. You'd never know it might happen You'd never someday. Know. Now that it's been mentioned, Christian, the people are going to want it. But that was meant as a joke. Uh, and then I thought to myself okay what can we do that's a little bit Christmassy I mean um, there aren't too many uh, Christmas folk songs that I and then it just hit me isn't Deck the Halls Welsh yeah and well, I mean it, it doesn't have to be we'll get into it but yeah. yeah it doesn't have to be Celtic at all but I just I, yeah. I thought that that could be a cool song to to touch on absolutely and aren't carols songs of the people just as folk songs are to me yeah to me a carol is just another form of folk song yeah even even art songs are forms of folk song when you think about it there's a million different ways we can look at this and millions of things we could explore should we ever feel the need and carols yeah. are just another way of expressing the music of the people so here we are and i think we're I think we're talking about doing a carol for every other episode coming up to Christmas. It it sounds like it. It sounds yeah. like it. And I mean, who knows? We we might have to do a, a little bit of a short list each for for favourites and stuff as we're coming up to some kind to of the big a folksy day. Yuletide short list. Yeah, some kind of a folksy Yuletide <laughs> short list. That's you, you. It's like you're reading my mind. <laughs> I feel a remake in the yeah, works. I'm t- there's a little bit of deja vu in the room here, uh, but uh, we can tackle that when we get uh, closer to to the begin, which to me would be the twenty fourth, and to you the twenty fifth. One hundred percent. But there's a Friday. There's a Friday the twenty third, which would be perfect for that. But today we're talking about deck the halls. We so la 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 la. Deck your halls and deck my halls and deck all. The Tura Halls Lura or Tura Lura or what was <laughs> all that stuff we came up with or we found online? The ha- the Halloween album. Whiskey in the Tura jar. <laughs> Molly <laughs> Molly my Halloween Molly mo- mo- Molly Halloween Malone. Whiskey in the Halloween jar. <laughs> Wild ha- Oh for feck's sake. Halloween Wild Rover. <laughs> the Halloween Wild Rover. <laughs> oh my oh, god. I love it. The Halloween Tour Lura. Yeah. So deck the tu- deck the Lura Hall. Yeah. Tura deck the Lura Hall. <laughs> Tura deck the Lura Christmas Halls. Yeah. With bows of Tura Lura Holly. <laughs> There's a lot of misheard lyrics in this, at least from my point of view, because I never really looked up the actual lyrics before now. But before before we get into the song going to give you a little quick bit of housekeeping since we are back on the air and we are back live and I'm looking into Christian's lovely Christmas eyes here across the Zoom world from all the way from County Clare to County Oslo. It's time to get back into the socials, folks. Check out Facebook. Check out Instagram at Toralora Podcast. Facebook is Toralora. You'll find us there. Not the children's clothing brand. The other one. The one, the one with all the Irish stuff slash Norwegian stuff, um, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Tinder, Grinder, all that good stuff. No, and you will find Bum- us Bumble. 
Yeah, but only the Hinge. Fri- only the friendship bumble, not the relationship bumble. Hinge. Would, isn't there a bumble now for work Hinge. colleagues too? If you oh, want, I don't know. if you want to connect with us on a work purely work basis, professionalism at its finest, look us up everywhere you can, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can get in touch on LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. On Christian's site or my site. Maybe we should make a Tour Laura site for LinkedIn. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe <laughs> not. Not yet. Not until we're more consistent. But, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. Like Christian said last week, you can now rate podcasts on Spotify. And I was told yesterday by Spotify that I am one of the first to rate this wonderful podcast and that we should share it with our friends to let them rate it too. Get, <laughs> get, get ourselves up there in the charts. It's nice to have you here, folks. And if you like to be here too, give us a few stars. <laughs> we, we're, not, we're no longer chasing the new and exciting uh, playlist on, on Apple, but sure. It's we, a bit late we for can, that, yeah. We'll, we'll take your stars anyway. Yep. Absolutely, I'll take every star I can get, and if we can get out there into the kind of more, more listened to world and up the old listenership, we will. I was just chatting with Christian before the episode about a few guests that I'm considering asking to get on, and we've said it before, and we've got several guests on in the past. I want to up our game. Do you want to up our game, Christian? Let's up our game. Let's do I it. I mean, I don't mind upping the game. I I could always go for a little bit of game upping. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm I'm all for upping the game, and please give us those stars. I mean, in 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 the in the holiday spirit, I'm 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 thinking that uh, I do wish upon those stars. <laughs> nice, Pinocchio at its finest. <sighs> okay. Folks. Toralora podcast at gmail.com if you want to give out to us for all our bullshit rambling two O's in Tora, two O's in Laura, one O in com. There's an O in dot, but we don't spell dot, we just type in the little full stop and it comes up. That's how modern technology works. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Let's get into the fucking song. Let's get into the fucking song. Uh, so I just uh, <laughs> wrote you. Deck the halls, and that's yeah. about as much research uh, that I've done. I've opened up the Wikipedia page and confirmed that my suspicion was correct. The melody is traditionally Welsh and yeah. seems to be some sort of New Year song. But other than that, take it away, Josh. Ooh, I like it. I've done it. I've had a little <laughs> bit of time to do a little bit of research, and the funny thing is, the page, the first page that I opened says I'm full of Christmas cheer I mean beer and it's a green beer with a Grinch face on it and a picture of Santa's arse bending over a Christmas tree for some reason but we won't get into that because on the left hand side of those strange pictures on liveabout.com or liveabout.com slash deck the halls traditional there's a little bit of stuff written by a woman called Kim Rule about the popular song deck the halls a Christmas carol that dates back to the 16th century was was not always associated with Christmas. The melody comes from a Welsh winter song called Nos Galan. Sarah out there from Wales will tell me if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm probably not. Which is actually about New Year's Eve. So it's a New Year's Eve song, Christian, originally. The first time Deck the Halls was published with English lyrics was in 1862. In Welsh Melodies, Volume 2. Welsh lyrics by John Jones and English lyrics by a man called Thomas Oliphant. And Thomas Oliphant is an interesting character back then because he pops up a lot 
writing many, many folk songs or carols or putting music to poems or all that kind of stuff. But he tends to put a lot of new words to melodies and songs that already exist. I can't find any evidence of him writing his own melodies. But yeah, that's, as we know, that's a very typical thing in folk music in general. Um, it says here Oliphant was a Scottish songwriter and author who was responsible for many popular songs and writings made his way like I said writing new lyrics to old melodies interpreting foreign songs into English not necessarily directly translating but as in Deck the Halls coming up with lyrics to fit the mood of the song he also became a lyricist for the court of Queen Victoria and became a popular translator of music so he took this old Welsh song Nos Galan possibly didn't have a word of Welsh and just basically used the melody like he's also famous for translating a lot of german folk songs or rewriting them because there's a rumor that he didn't have a word of german but he, <laughs> but he wrote many many of what he called translations to these german songs um and wrote them in english uh it says here the old welsh lyrics for nos galan which basically means new year's eve sang of the impending new year but Oliphant's folk composition lauded the onset of the Christmas holiday, calling for decoration and merriment, which typically accompanies the celebration, including a line about drinking that was later revised. I wonder why. Was drinking oh. frowned upon back then? <laughs> Mother of God. Oh. Any input here, Mr. Dugstad? Uh Just the fact that Oliphant also is uh, the word used in Lord of the Rings for elephants, but... <laughs> Other than that, fascinating stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, Ollie Font is the Lord of the Rings one, isn't it? <laughs> d- um, I, d- I don't know the spelling of Actually, it. interestingly enough, I looked up Thomas Oliphant after seeing his name, because this is kind of how I do my research. I find names and words and things associated with it, the song, and I end up in rabbit holes. So I looked up Thomas Oliphant, and he was around, like, from the last year of the 1700s, 1799, until 1873, and... It says that his works were well known in the day, but I love that he wrote, well, technically, inverted commas, wrote this Christmas song, and he his dad's name was Ebenezer Oliphant. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Thomas was the fifth son of a man called Ebenezer Oliphant. <laughs> That's lovely. That's lovely. Yeah. I wonder what kind of Christmases he grew up with. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of ghosts everywhere and yeah. fucking He had a total of six brothers and sisters. His eldest brother was Lawrence Oliphant, eighth of Condy, member of Parliament for Perth, eighteen thirty two to eighteen thirty seven. And another brother was Chief Justice of Ceylon. So he had a lot of feckin' brothers who did a lot of stuff basically. Another brother was the chairman of the Honourable East India Company. Now I don't know why they Jesus, felt that, that he must have been the black sheep the, 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 uh, of the family. The, <laughs> we have such great expectations uh, for you, Thomas. Yeah. Uh, his brothers are chief justices and fucking, and he ends up being a, a, a yeah. basically, basically a professional cheat. <laughs> oh yeah, I can speak. I can speak German. Yeah, here's all the translations. No, they're just new songs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about oh, that. Oh yeah, folks. I know Welsh. <laughs> it says he was educated at Winchester College but left early. <laughs> of course he did. He became a member of the London Stock Exchange but after a short time left to pursue his interests <laughs> in music and literature. Can you imagine when he comes home for Christmas to Ebenezer and he's like, Thomas, Thomas, how's life? 
Well, how how's how's life in um, in the college? How's your college uh, studies going? Well, I left. <laughs> Ebenezer must have been so disappointed. Yeah, but and it's okay. I'm a, I'm working in the stock market now. Oh really? Oh great. That's fantastic. Next, next Christmas. Next Christmas. So how's how's the stock market going? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I <laughs> I'm a professional. J- translator of of languages i don't know now funny story do you know that famous song that was heard the other day at that concert yeah well i wrote new words to it here they are <laughs> <laughs> it's not oh. the same song he's so he was like like um what's his name he was like weird al yankovic of the 1700s or the 1800s yeah. is that is that where we're getting at here yeah <laughs> Love it. There must be f- 50 ways to kill Bin Laden, isn't that? <laughs> <laughs> so Thomas Oliphant was the Weird Al Yankovic of the 1800s. Now, he probably wasn't. He did work in King Edward and Queen Alexandra's court, to be fair to him. He wrote the chorale for their wedding. Okay. And everything. Now, I don't know if he wrote it or if he wrote the words, but this is what we're getting <laughs> at. Mr. Uh, Oliphant. Wasn't your man from the movie Hitman also Oliphant? The, the actor Timothy Oliphant wasn't that his name don't remember let's see while we're online this is totally unrelated folks but since since his name is there I mean that's what you're here for isn't it yeah rabbit yeah. holes and there's bullshit. an American there's an American actor called Timothy Oliphant not bad and, and he was now, the lead actor in the movie Hitman and now I'm going to google Oliphant Lord of the Rings to see whether I'm right or not love it Oliphant Lord of the Rings uh, that's in Norwegian so I'll see if there's an English uh, no list of Middle Earth animals Oliphant well in Norwegian anyway Oliphant or Mumakil uh, is and this is live translation is J.R.R. Tolkien's uh, Middle Earth universe uh, elephant like uh, beings but they are uh, bigger and used uh, in in war but all of this stuff we know yeah. uh, by Haradrim mm-hmm. and they're about the size of a mammoth uh, but they do not have fur <laughs> And they are used uh, both in the Battle of Ithilien and in uh, the Siege of Minas Tirith. So, there you go. I remember the Oliphants. I actually the... remember, I particularly remember in the movie as opposed to the book. When, uh, when or- Legolas surfs or- down his... Orlando Bloom takes one down with his arrows. Yeah, but then he 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 like he wave surfs down the <laughs> down the trunk. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, Gimli says that still only counts as one. Yep, yep, yep. I Kelly will be well. proud. She will. She will. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Hang on times. now. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I found something. Have I found? Oh no, never mind. I haven't found anything. But do you by any chance have the? Uh, like a proper translation of the Welsh lyrics handy or will um, I see if I can find well one? like on this particular website liveabout.com they give the first verse and it says 
It starts with, oh, how soft my fair one's bosom. Fa la 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 la. Oh, how sweet the grove in blossom. Fa la 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 la. Oh, how blessed are the blisses. Fa la 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 la. Words of love and mutual kisses. Fa la 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 la. But I also found other translations of the Welsh version that actually in give us better translations. Hang on now. Hang on now. Welsh children's songs. It was here a second ago. Sorry, I can cut some of this out. Oh yeah, there it is. I... It puts them side by side. Uh, the Welsh version and the English version, I mean. So we have Cold is the man who cannot love. Wow, dark. Fa la 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 la. The old mountains of dear Wales. Fa la 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 la. For him and his warmest friend. Fa la 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 la. A joyful holiday next year. Fa la 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 la. Chilling are the bills that cometh during the holidays. Listen to the sermon in one verse. Never spend more than you earn. Cold is the snow on Mount Snowdon. Although there's a blanket of wool on it. Cold are the people who don't make plans to meet each other on New Year's Eve. There's one so, for you now. So, don't spend too much money, but make sure to party hard on New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, and it says these particular No Scalan lyrics of the traditional song were written by a man called John Serog Hughes in the late 19th century. Again, Welsh Sarah out there can let me know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's C-E-I-R-I-O-G. The closest word I can think of in Irish is Kirog, which means beetle. So is he John Beetle Hughes? Who knows? I looked him up on Wikipedia. Who is he? A Welsh poet and collector of Welsh folk tunes, sometimes termed a Robert Burns of Wales. Oh. He, was, he was born at Penbrim Farm overlooking the village of... In the... <laughs> don't, don't... <laughs> <laughs> Don't be condescending. Sorry, I, that it, it, there's a lot of L's. Clanarmon, <laughs> Differin, Hirog in the Hirog Valley of Northeast Wales, and now Lovely. part of Wrexham County Borough. One of eight children. These people back then were getting busy all of the time. Christian, they have a lot of brothers and sisters. He was. I I don't know if they were getting any more busy than we are now. They just uh, didn't wear a condom just in case. This is also true. They probably weren't allowed. He was a favourite of his mother, Phoebe, a midwife and herbal medicine expert. So yeah, that was the man that wrote that song. He wrote a lot of other songs too, folks. I'm not going to get into it too much, but if you look him up, his name on Wikipedia is, like I said, John Kirog Hughes. But if he's a bit of a Robert Burns of Wales, I I think we might have to dig a little bit deeper at some stage, Josh. There, There might be some gold. 100% 100% if he's that big then we definitely have to it says like when he Welsh poets Kirog adopted a bardic name Kirog from Kirog Valley where he was born the hall in his home village contains a memorial inscription to him so that's interesting unto itself brilliant he's, so he's the man that wrote the Welsh lyrics which suggests straight away that the melody is older than even the Welsh lyrics which is yeah. also interesting yeah Um, the original melody yeah, there it is there. The tune is that of an old Welsh air, first found in a musical manuscript by Welsh harpist John Parry, dating back to the early 1700s. John Kirog Hughes later wrote his own lyrics, and a middle verse was added by folk singers. In the 18th century, the tune spread widely, with even Mozart allegedly using it in his 18th violin sonata. Ah! 
No fear. It's interesting. Um, on the topic of Welsh music, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this, but uh, I, th- I think I might have uh, at some stage. But um, I, I found a year or two ago, I found a video on YouTube just yeah. called Welsh Trad Music, a beginner's guide. Well, it's it's like a 25 minute video. It's quite interesting yeah. by a guy named, uh, I'm assuming this is Rory, because R-H-O-D-R-I, uh, yeah, Macdo- like McDonough. Rory McDonough um, and it's really interesting and the reason I think I might have mentioned it is because you sit through this video of Welsh traditional music and there there are Welsh people talking about fiddle styles and how uh, Welsh trad is is closer to conventional classical Western classical music than to to other uh, Celtic trad styles and then there are clips of a a uh, harpist playing harp and then all of a sudden who do you think is backing that harpist just one guess welsh. random no not welsh just a, a person in the trad world that has it with showing up in random places everywhere all at once donalunny yes <laughs> love it love it we may have mentioned that before but um there was a feature in The Drone, which is the satirical Irish traditional music. Uh, is it even called a newspaper these days? No, it's online. It's all online. So it's a a site. Uh, what What's a newspaper when it's online? It's a, a, we- a website. Uh, it's it's an, still a newspaper. It's a satire site, newspaper source. The stuff is Just all satirical. The Drone. Yeah, The Drone News. And they had a segment each week called Donald Lunny Stands Behind Things <laughs> and it was just big events in history or throughout the world and yeah. pictures with Donald Lunny on his bazooki superimposed into the oh background and it's feckin' brilliant but the the joke comes from a real place because he's been in some interesting positions and no matter what we watch he always seems to be there yeah and I mean, for just to state the obvious, Donald Lunny is uh, is one of the original members of of Planksty. For anyone who who's who's a little bit unsure who we're talking about, Planksty, which obviously is is the the greatest trad band of uh, all time. Uh, <laughs> of course, uh, naturally, cons- consisted of uh, Andy Irvine, uh, Christy Moore. Uh, like the way you say that, Christy. Christy. Love it. Shibai. Um, <laughs> help me. Our our late Liam O'Flynn. Our late Liam O'Flynn, and then yep. obviously Don Lunny. Um, I recently watched a documentary about them, which is quite good, which is on YouTube. Um, it's called No Disco, and it was uh after they had broken up for years, but pre two thousand and four reunion, and it was just about them basically and their history and the other members that were involved with them over the years particularly Paul Brady um, they got a couple of other people in over the years too but it's worth watching it it got me really into Planksty when I was a teenager when I first saw that documentary yeah but anyway Christian chilling are the bills that cometh during the holidays that that's never been more true than it is nowadays <laughs> oh jeez yeah is that like does that mean the same as it does now back then chilling are the bills uh, i i assume so especially if you read the next line which is don't don't ever spend more than you have 
it kind of true listen to the sermon in one verse never spend more than you earn yeah so i i imagine they this happy folk song that became deck the halls and all happy and enjoying yourself and and like making the most of the holiday like the darkness of the original version is a bit interesting (laughs) like with still with the same happy melody like chilling are the bills don't spend more than you earn cold are the people who don't make plans to meet each other (laughs) (laughs) it's not really as joyful as the new version is it I think that might be where Mr. Oliphant himself was coming from yeah and especially if he didn't have any Welsh at all like I can imagine he he just heard the the Welsh the Welsh lyrics and imagine what they potentially could mean and with the whole fa la 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 it's hard it's hard to to gather that it it and means ch- chilling it, are the bills yeah the fact that he made it a Christmas song compared to theirs as a New Year's song and then the Welsh version again is talking about how soft my fair one's bosom how sweet the <laughs> grove in blossom how blessed are the blisses words of love and mutual kisses like where are they going with that <laughs> but then what is the the english lyric for for deck the halls mr oliphant's version mr oliphant's version because the only part i know is deck the halls with boughs of holly tis yeah. the season to be jolly and then the rest of it is this is what i was me. saying about the misheard song lyrics too because like everyone knows the song we've been singing it since we were kids we're all singing it all the time but do any of us actually know the words because I always thought it was deck the halls with boughs of holly tis the season to be jolly gone be now our day of peril as in as in all our troubles are gone our our perilous days are over yeah but I'm reading the real lyrics here and it's done we now our gay apparel as in we should wear our happy clothes I guess or our, our joyful outfits don't I, we now our gay apparel am, am I just stupid did I just have it wrong all along uh, no uh, I must admit that I haven't really thought about it but I just became a little bit gobsmacked here because I'm reading off of Wikipedia yeah. and this seems to be the song that we've been looking for uh, in this potentially then alternative lyric because in this version on wikipedia it's fill the mead cup drain the barrel no way <laughs> yeah way where is it what um, on w- wikipedia if you if you open lyrics and then scroll down deck the halls with boughs of holly tis the season do be jolly fill the mead cup drain the barrel no way Tra- trowel troll trowel the ancient christmas carol yeah I'm so surprised. Trowel, does it does it mean troll? Yeah, I'm trying to think what do we sing? Troll I know I don't know what the word troll actually means. What does that mean? Um from Middle English trollen, trollin, to walk or wander, cognate with low German trollen to troll. (laughs) To sing to sing the parts of in succession as of around a catch and the like also to sing loudly freely or in a carefree way this yeah. word was used in the 16th century because oh, we that's new use, to me we have a similar word in Norwegian to otralle yeah. which means to sing but to sing nonsense and I'm thinking this is this is what 
the you know the guy on YouTube that yes he he's trolling he's trolling oh my god <laughs> it all makes sense now and that's probably where the original melody of this was sung as well it was probably a trollalalala as opposed to a falalalala yeah I love it troll oh. the ancient Christmas carol see the the lyrics obviously like any folk song they've changed over the years because to me I'm just trying to think of how we sang it as kids and how we would still sing it now and it's probably something along the lines of take the halls of bows of holly la 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 tis the season to be jolly la 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 come now our day of peril sing the ancient yuletide carol so we yeah. have sing the ancient yuletide carol but that's troll the ancient Christmas carol yeah see the flowing bowl before us Christian that flowing bowl shows up more and more in more and more songs yeah we have a lot of things about flowing bowls which folks if you're always wondering what a flowing bowl is to me it just means a pint and in but in this case it it might potentially be a a a bowl of a bowl of of mulled wine yes mulled wine or the meat cup as we see Actually, there today is the oh. day we should be drinking the mead Christian I didn't even realise oh either did I if only either I had I. known this is why we need to pick songs further in advance true <laughs> don't worry folks there's a mead episode coming much sooner than you think what else do we have here in the lyrics see the flowing bowl before us strike the harp and join the chorus follow me in merry measure while I sing of beauty's treasure Fast away the old year passes Hail the new ye lads and lasses Laughing, quaffing all together Heedless of the wind and weather They're verses I haven't heard before All new to me as well Yeah uh, But Yeah, sorry Yeah, I, I just got an idea uh, For uh, an old segment that yeah. I wanted to revive but we can do it in the end because okay. uh, I just uh, when we talked about the bowl here yeah. uh, and the potential of mulled wine I just remembered like this that I, I've I've seen uh, an original Charles Dickens recipe for punch for Christmas oh. punch so I just googled that but we can save it for for the end okay you, you wanna okay yeah I get you nice there's some other variations of the lyrics here Another variation came in 1877 from the Pennsylvania School Journal. Um, This version, in which there is no longer any reference to drinking, runs as follows. First verse is basically the same, but the flowing bowl and the mead cup becomes See the blazing yule before us, strike the harp and join the chorus. Follow me in merry measure while I tell of Christmas treasure. Fast away the old year passes, hail the new ye lads and lasses, sing we joyous all together, heedless of the wind and weather. So I'm really confused as to why the drinking was considered offensive. Like when I read earlier on that the drinking was considered offensive and removed, I was thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, were they getting naked and riddledy diddling on the floor and drinking pints and I don't know, like getting rowdy? But, yeah. But no, all all they really said was fill the meat cup, drain the barrel. <laughs> See the flowing bowl before us. Like, is this that thing that we talked about in 17 Come Sunday where even the slightest mention of anything untoward was just unheard of and, like, blasphemous at the time because life was so much more innocent? This thing <laughs> this thing about the petticoat being higher than the ankle was almost considered, like, 
I don't know. Uh, May maybe, but at the same time, like if if you think about the world they live in, lived in the yeah. the level of of drinking was would have been unheard of today like at some stage i <laughs> i think i i've said this before but at some stage uh in in london or england i don't remember the the amount of of gin consumed by by every person per day or per week down to the age of like 10 was like it it was just mental that that was why they uh, invented the concept of the pub in in the first place the public house yeah. a place where people could come and sit and drink low alcohol pints instead of lying in the gutter outside just <laughs> pouring gin into them which was cheaper and more readily available than clean water we did talk about that before jesus yeah, so I, really I don't see how that's offensive like fill the mead cup drain yeah. the barrel they... but we are also talking 1800s in America which is slightly later possibly yeah. prohibition time was that prohibition time wasn't that even later I'm not sure it says uh, the reference to drinking is was removed in a version close to the one commonly recited today, published in the 1877 edition of the Pennsylvania School Journal. So that okay. one, that one is 1877 Pennsylvania School Journal. It changes Yuletide to Christmas as well. Let me just check really quick. When was Prohibition in America? I know there was there was a later one as well. Yeah, see, there was one 1920 to 1933, but I think there was one. In the 1800s as well. But regardless of that, I, I didn't realise you said it was in America and if they changed Yuletide to which like technically is a a heathen term, like it might have been a very religious um, argument for, for removing the drinking as well. Yeah, there's an interesting thing there actually. Prohibitionists first attempted to end the trade in alcoholic drinks during the 19th century, led by pietistic Protestants. They aimed to heal what they saw as an ill society beset by alcohol-related problems such as alcoholism, family violence, and saloon-based political corruption. Many <laughs> communities introduced alcohol bans in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Now, we know that it happened in the 20th century. I was just curious about... Uh, 1800s but it doesn't really go into detail about that because the big one in America was the 20s the 1920s to 1933 yeah. all of that the beer barons but yeah sorry for interrupting there no no I I didn't really have any yeah so you had the American version from the Pennsylvania School Journal um, the modern version is sung by choirs and carolers all across the country um, the one we sing was published in 1866 in a songbook called the songbook <laughs> and in that publication it's called Deck the Hall the pluralization of halls is probably something that just took shape as more and more people took to singing it by then the song had been appropriated by folk musicians I like that word and others including Mozart who used it as a launching pad for a piano violin duet so there's a question that I'm going to get into briefly Christian are folk songs appropriated 
And is the word appropriation a bad term, a derogatory term? Like, are we appropriating folk songs by taking them and singing them and making them our own? Or are we just... Like, what? what is appropriation? Because I know cultural appropriation is a bad thing, so I'm just... I suppose I'm curious as to with folk music at what it's, point it's, at what point does it become a bad thing um, oh, it's a deep question we, I know I'm yeah sorry. it's a really really hard one I mean no I, I think you can do pretty much whatever you want and it's fine depending on obviously the the rights image here yeah. like as long as it's let's say we're talking about a, a piece that no one knows who wrote and it's more, most definitely more than 70 years since the, the the author or the composer passed away then yeah, yeah like I, I think you can you can basically do whatever you want but ideally you're doing that thing with respect and it's yeah. like it's fantastic the the likes of edward grigg in norway is famous for taking all traditional norwegian mm-hmm. tunes and making classical compo- uh, compositions 100 around them and the same if Mo- Mo- mozart, mozart did Bartok. That's, yeah that's that's fine what i would like i'm, I'm not gonna give a clear answer for everything in between but you have the completely fine end of it and then obviously uh what we're doing is just making slightly modified versions of songs when we're out playing them which is technically n- no different from what anyone did back then yeah. but then in the outer end of the spectrum what i would call potentially appropriation is like uh um i mean Brady family ham comes to mind. <laughs> Come out you other hams. Come out you other hams, which is like. But if if you're doing something explicitly uh, without respect and potentially even to uh, to to annoy or to offend, then yeah, potentially maybe. So is the word appropriation unto itself considered a derogatory thing or is appropriating something okay as long as you're doing it respectfully? I'm just curious about the word itself. because, And this is a complete tangent, folks. I'm sorry. Just after reading that on liveabout.com, it said folk songs were appropriated by folk musicians and others, including Mozart. So I'm, I'm like, does appropriated just mean that you take it on and make it your own? Let's see here what what it says online. Merriam-Webster, it says, Appropriation, an act or instance of appropriating something. Okay, thank you very much. That that really doesn't help. Thank you, dictionary. To something that has been appropriated. (laughs) For God's sake. Specifically money set aside by formal action for a specific use. Okay, that's... That's interesting. Let's look at appropriating then. Uh, Does it just kind of mean taking ownership? To take exclusive possession of. Okay. No one should appropriate a common benefit. 
two to set apart for or assign to a particular purpose or use appropriate okay. money for a research program three uh, to take or make use of without authority or right okay. natural habits uh, that have been appropriated for human uh, habitats sorry yeah. that ha- have been appropriated for human use so yeah and no but uh, yeah, all kind of in t- terms of music all of these would be yeah derogatory or negative yeah. to take exclusive possession of Dekta Halls or <laughs> Nos I mean it kind of the well. fact like the idea of that kind of contradicts the idea or notion of folk music in the first place because folk music is supposed to be for everyone yeah yeah i guess so. yeah and 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 in my opinion maybe maybe the worst thing you can do to a folk song is to pretend that it's yours yeah uh, and to uh, <clears throat> to to somehow uh to yeah to somehow make a version of a song and then try to uh to claim then that anyone else who plays a version of the original song and there are plenty of exa- examples of this in in like in in music rights yeah. in the music rights world uh and then like trying to to claim then after the fact that anyone who plays the original version of the traditional song uh, uh somehow uh, should be paying royalties to or are uh infringing on on your immaterial mm-hmm. rights folk and traditional music like just bear in mind folks folk music is music of the people for the people by the people and that's all there is to it and you're talking about original versions Christian and I'm going to change the subject again really quick I don't, I'm, we can't play it even though it is from 1912 so we probably would have permission to play it but honestly the sound quality is very very bad Um, there was a recording made by Ruth Herbert Lewis in 1912 on a wax cylinder um, for all of you that don't know wax cylinders were the earliest form of recording and it was literally it was like a vinyl record but it was made of wax and it was a cylinder much like the microphone I have today like in the shape of a cylinder yeah, there's a famous video on YouTube of a guy uh, uh, on a talk show lifting a wax cylinder saying this is priceless there's only one in the world and, and then breaking the whole thing so oh, <laughs> no, it just cracks in his hands oh, <laughs> and he just he's just baffled he's just he, he doesn't know what to do he's just like oh oh fuck but some of these do exist in the world in museums and other places and they're the earliest known recordings of many types of music and they serve as a great uh, insight into the world of music back then this particular one was made and it's called Can I Coach Fair? I don't know how to pronounce that all you Welsh people out there can correct me and I hope that you do tourlorepodcast at gmail.com and uh, it's recorded by Ruth Herbert Lewis like I said in 1912 and you can hear it on so as I was saying before I was rudely interrupted by Zoom there is a wax cylinder recording of a Welsh song called Can I Coach Fair which I'm probably not pronouncing correctly apologies to any Welsh listeners and friends out there I hope you write in and correct me Podcast at gmail.com send in a Tura tools in Laura send in a voice message of of you pronouncing it in in either a 
just normal way or a very sensual way or absolutely Chris, angry Chris, way Christian gets off on all that kind of stuff he loves <laughs> he loves all that sensual Welsh pronunciation <laughs> <laughs> yeah but sorry yeah, Josh go on recorded by Ruth Herbert Lewis circa 1912 and it's a recording that can be heard on the British Library Sound Archives I'm not going to play it we probably could Christian you know better than me about copyright but the quality is too bad you need to experience it for yourself and it's just an old I don't know how many of you have experienced wax cylinders before, but it's like listening to an old VHS tape that has been left to go mouldy in the attic. Does that make sense, Christian? Yeah, in a way. Did you watch that that kind of horror show uh, on Netflix about the guy that restores old uh, VHS tapes? Yes. Yes. Oh my god, I'm I'm getting chills. I haven't finished it yet, but I watched some of it. I I need to actually watch the rest of it. But yeah, it was a recording, like I said, an old one, and it says here on the British Library Sound Archive, the melody is recognisable as Deck the Halls. It was originally taken from Nos Galan, the Welsh New Year's Eve carol. Although likely much older, the song was first published in 1794 by Welsh harpist Edward Jones, 1752-1824. to Ruth Herbert Lewis was a collector of Welsh folk songs and a prominent member of the Welsh Folk Song Collecting Society. There's a mouthful for you, Christian. The Welsh Folk Song Collecting Society. Very original name. Uh, Yeah, so her documentation of Welsh folk music publications and lectures on the subject influenced its dissemination and popularisation. So if you want to hear a wax cylinder recording from 1912, folks, you'll find it there. bl.uk what, what which instrument is played again it's a, it's a song it's being sung okay in Welsh. <clears throat> so Fantastic. all all i can personally recognize in the, is the melody because it's the melody of deck the halls but just barely just bare, because of the quality that's brilliant but yeah that's... it's really interesting and we've yeah. gone on a lot of tangents here so far folks and uh apologies for that but i find it all very interesting i i don't think there's any need apologizing i mean that's <laughs> what they're here for like I said the, they would be listening if if they didn't like it <laughs> they should know by now very very true huh. is there anything else we should say well, about I the want song to, about the song oh sorry yeah? I was getting carried away for a minute there but uh, maybe there isn't maybe maybe just scooge like, on to, to what you wanted to say what about what other people would say about the song that's what I want to know I want people to write in and give us stories <laughs> or messages or anything interesting there's some cool stuff here uh grammarist.com has a whole article written about the phrase deck the halls as a term like when you hear the word deck the halls what do you think it fucking means out of um, context out of context uh, well in in norwegian to deck something is uh, means to it's like set the table yeah. Uh, or or or, um, or put the ornaments out, out on the table. So mm-hmm. I I kind of, but it's it's kind of in context since I know it's about uh, or ornamentation. So, yeah. but with my Norwegian knowledge, I would say yeah, they're mm-hmm. ornament the the whole. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like deck the halls to me, I wouldn't have known really what it means. Like we had jokes years ago where we used to say in school when we were absolute 
immature children like feck the halls and stuff <laughs> stuff the turkeys butt with holly and all this kind of stuff or just but, um, dick the halls yeah but deck the halls uh grammarist.com is kind of explaining the phrase related to the song and just explaining to anyone that didn't know who probably don't care but now we're a language podcast too here you go deck the halls is a phrase that one may hear during the holiday season we examine the definition of the term where it came from and examples of its use in sentences so like you said christian which is interesting because it's probably more related to the likes of the norwegian word than to words we have even though deck may be used as maybe a short word for decorate yeah. Um, which is what they say here deck the halls means to decorate for christmas especially if one will be entertaining guests decorations include centerpieces swags or garland made of branches or boughs of fir pine cedar balsam or greenery from other types of evergreen limbs now we're getting Christmassy garlands or wreaths include smaller Christmas decorative touches such as ribbon ornaments or pine cones to hang a holiday wreath such as a berry wreath is a joyous touch at Christmas time the front door is often decorated making things festive and merry bringing cheer inside and outside the house I feel like I should have some Christmassy music in the background while I'm reading this there should be some kind of thing going on maybe I'll add a bit later decking the halls is not confined to literally decorating halls during the Christmas season people celebrate by hanging stockings displaying candles mistletoe a figurine of a reindeer angel snowman or Santa Claus nativity sets baskets tinsels bells a poinsettia whatever that is a Christmas tree maybe the poinsettia is the Spanish Christmas flower the little red one a Christmas tree with decorations coloured lights and other decorations seasonal family treasures or handmade crafts that are a tradition for their particular family Family. I'm not going to continue because if I continue I'm getting into copyright territory again oh my god but it keeps oh. going and it talks a lot uh, whether natural decorations from outdoors or metallic items glittering and sparkling these seasonal adornments create a winter wonderland and bring yuletide spirit and folks just to avoid any copyright issues that is grammarist.com forward slash phrase forward slash deck the halls oh I'm going to add some Christmassy music into that little spiel that I just made. Christian, how do you decorate your house? What What is the story with Christmas decorations over in Norway? What Ooh. What happens? What's the tradition? What do you do? Oh, I, I think we do a lot of the things that other people do around the world. It, it's very international. Uh, Christmas decorations. I loads of of uh, santas and 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 loads of of candles uh obviously the christmas tree um candelabras how do you deck your particular halls <laughs> but if if anything would be like especially norwegian um Obviously, a lot of the Santas that we put... Because we do put out a lot of, of small Santas and stuff. Yeah. They would be in Fiosnisa territory. They would yes. wear woolen woolen jumpers and knickerbockers and and <laughs> uh, knitted hats. Not the classic Coca-Cola, Santa Claus, Steiltut. Uh, uh, <laughs> closer to that, but... but I bought myself a little gnome today. I'm I'm actually trying to deck my own halls. I I have a few little decorations going on, folks. You can't see, but in the video here, if it ever gets released, I have a little Christmas gnome, probably more no. of a Norwegian Santa. That's a yeah. Santa to you, yeah. 
Yeah. And I have a little bear sitting on my microphone with a Christmas hat on. And he has a little <laughs> bell around his neck. I'm getting in the spirit, Christian. Yeah, lovely. With it. But, but yeah. then, uh, yep. Yeah, other than that, I, I, I think you're going to have to let me think about this until next week. What I can say, we haven't gotten our tree yet. And haven't... Oh, look at that. Lovely. Cadean scale, Santa. I have a pillow <laughs> that story? says Cadean scale, Santa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So are you wanting to leave that question I just thought it was appropriate since the song is about Decking the halls to talk Abs- about our, our Favourite decorating traditions around Christmas Absolutely And my favourite decoration um, Tradition Is a fairly new Decoration tradition But that is uh, Me uh, Making our Christmas tree Into an ode To Harry Potter <laughs> which I now do every single year and I have done it for the past three years or something. So your I tree has ha- like got magic related things on it? I have I have a tiny I, I specifically bought and made loads of stuff uh, uh, that reminds me of Harry Potter. I have a tiny <laughs> Ford Anglia hanging in the tree. I have uh, I've made tiny uh, what what's the name of the letter in in Norwegian? The letter that Ron gets from his mom, the the howler. Howler. Uh, yeah. Tiny howlers. I have uh, tiny uh, the the jelly bean uh, boxes. Uh, the nice. Bertie. The Bertie whatever. bots. Yeah. Every I have flavored beans. I have a uh, uh, this size. Well, almost life size, I would say, uh, considering what size Dobby is in in the movies. Dobby figure that I always prop at the top of, like almost at the top of the tree, holding the spire that we have on on top of the tree, so it looks like Dobby is is just about to finish decorating the tree, and <laughs> loads of other stuff like small Amazing. owls and and yeah. Now we're getting somewhere, Christian. I love this. This is how we deck our halls. How about how how about you? Um, it's we have a lot of stuff going on. Like over the years, I think at home we've built it up, and a lot of it is really traditional. But in the last few years, dotted all around the house are little guys, kind of like this little elf that you see. Well, he, I don't know what he is. He's a Santa to you. Yeah. Um, there's s- snowmen with weighted legs, like really tall ones, in our living room or our hallway, <laughs> and they're they're. In the corner of the hallway, there's like an entire family of snowmen, elves, reindeer and all this stuff. And they're all gathered around this one huge, like kind of child sized Santa Claus. Okay. And uh, the new tradition of the elf on the shelf is going on in our house now, too, which I found really interesting. Actually, last week, Blind Boy Boat Club in the Blind Boy podcast released an episode about the elf on the shelf. And he was basically explaining how it's a... it's a way of normalizing cultural surveillance and I won't get into all of that but it was it was really interesting he was talking about being in a sweet shop as a kid and if you saw all the hundreds of tubs of sweets as a kid you might be tempted to take one or two but he was in a sweet shop recently and sitting in the middle of the sweets was an elf on the shelf just staring and he said that they're basically using it as cultural surveillance and normalizing ways of getting kids to be good. Jesus. You know, think, thinking that he'll tell Santa. But again, that's Blind by Boat Club. And it was an episode he released maybe two weeks ago. Found it really interesting. 
That's mad. I've been, I was one of his top listeners in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Elf on the Shelf is a big one at the moment. Um, a lot of the traditional stuff. I like tasteful lights, subtle lights, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Personally, I spend a lot of time away from the family house. So the family decorations are kind of my biggest experience of decorations in Kilkenny and any time I've been away we haven't had as many decorations what I found really interesting over in the Netherlands while I was there there's this one thing that they have they're called pepper nuts have okay, you heard yeah. of pepper nuts they're like biscuits they're like cinnamon yep. biscuits yep we have them too but they use them almost as a Christmas decoration okay because everywhere you go all the shop fronts and shop windows instead of like putting fa- fake snow on the ground they just decorate the floor with pepper nuts <laughs> like anyone that's listening the, the only thing I can describe them to like from my country or in the likes of America would be the biscuits that you get with your coffee in Starbucks like the Biscoffs you know those kind of biscuits they're not quite the same but they're close am I right? yeah like they taste more or less like gingerbread so I saw them all around the Netherlands being used as decorations like if there was a Christmas tree they would hang little pouches of them from the tree (laughs) that's funny and I just found it really interesting it is a really big thing over there and they're really proud of them and we even get little bags of them as gifts from theatres at the end of shows and all that kind of stuff but it's a big thing over there and they love their cinnamon in general I think as opposed to decorations one of the big things I love is the smells of Christmas oh Oh, yeah oh my god we have cinnamon Yankee candles that we use and they only come out at Christmas and you only smell them at Christmas and it to me smelling that is just like okay it's time it's here yeah Yeah. here we are we we have a ever since I like when I grew up and and we've continued doing that um, we have um, a particular Christmas incense that is very Norwegian-y I don't know if it's if it's common outside of here but uh, it, they sell it in in every pharmacy and you have these special incense um, they're not like incense sticks they're they're like and not powder they're literally yeah. literally just like dried spices mm-hmm. like seeds and and pods and and cinnamon and stuff is it and like you potpourri po- kind of um i i don't know what's that potpourri is like it's like what you said it's like perfumed things dried out and left yeah. in bags and pods yeah and and you buy them in small plastic uh boxes and yeah. then you pour them into these special uh, contraptions with sort of a, there's there's a tray on top and then there's a space for like a small candle underneath yeah. and you light them and then it, obviously it heats up like incense and it just yeah. fills the whole room with and that to me that is the smell of yeah. Christmas Christmas is the smells and the flavours to me more <sighs> so than the sights like obviously the tree in the window is fucking great and it reminds you of everything and like I said subtle lights there's a house down the road and in fairness they do it for charity but every year they're famous in Ennis maybe even in Clare because they have like they're the most decorated with lights house in the Mm. whole region and they do it for charity they take money as donations and they donate all the money to 
yeah. children's hospital or some different thing each year. This year, they actually had to get sponsors to sponsor the lights because of the price of the electricity. They weren't Jeez. able to afford to do it this year without sponsors. But um, yeah, it's really interesting. The, but like I said, I prefer subtle yeah. lighting and I'm more about the smells and the tastes. Yeah. Oh. Cinnamon, star anise, uh, spiced orange. Yeah. Lavender, oh. even even though lavender is more of an all rounder, but it's... yeah, but I I get I get what you mean. Oh, I think it's time. I'm... I I think it's time, Christian. I think this weekend I'm going to be mulling some wine for the Ooh. first time this year. Favorite Christmas food slash treat slash anything, not necessarily dinner, but Christmas goodies. Top three. Ooh, go. Um. Oh my God. Uh. Oh. Well, I think mulled wine in any form or glee wine or whatever you want to call it, it, it that as a whole category, that's up there. Yeah. Um, I, I think I have to say that a good Christmas pudding has sailed into my top yes. three in the last few years. With custard, without custard? Um, with custard or without really. Do you pour doesn't... the brandy over it and light it on fire? Uh, well... I, I've never done it I've seen it done and it's yeah. cool uh, but like it doesn't really matter it's the taste it's yeah. all about I made Christmas pudding for the first time last year and it was uh, nice. not great <laughs> <laughs> I had a similar experience with mince pies I tried to make them it was a disaster but, but I, I know I know why it was shit what, it wasn't <laughs> shit but I used way too much candied ginger uh, that f- for some reason tastes like soap and I made two a small one and a big one and we tried the small one and I had a good bit of it and then threw out the rest but as you know Christmas puddings <laughs> are supposed had... they're yeah. supposed to be stored forever so I still have the big one oh, I'm looking at it right now and I'm just waiting for me having to throw it out so I can make a new one because I, I have every... had a similar experience Christian because Last year during COVID, I got the great idea that I was going to hand make my mince pies from scratch. I was going to make the pastry. I was going to make everything. So about three months in advance, I bought two huge jars and I made my own mincemeat. Yeah. And I was so excited because it just smelled amazing. It all looked good. It smelled great. It was in the fridge for like three months. Yeah. Like, it, like, like you said about the christmas puddings they last forever so it's supposed to be in there for at least a year but i went for the three months anyway took it out and like you i knew straight away what i had done wrong i used way too much orange rind like orange peel Mm. the skin Mm. and the whole thing was just really really tangy tangy Uh, and bitter yeah and i made so many mince pies and they were not (laughs) eaten because they just tasted sour when you eat them Oh. And then I, I still had two huge jars of it in the fridge of yeah. the mincemeat. Yeah. And like six or seven months later, my dad called me while I was on tour and he was like, I'm throwing out the fucking mincemeat. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but it's for next Christmas. And he was like, it was shit. Do it again next year. And he was right. It was shit. But I know where I went wrong. Will I yeah. attempt it again this year? Probably not. But, <laughs> but I... Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I I was just gonna say I know it's way too late already. It's not gonna get its three months uh, or six weeks or whatever you subscribe, especially not six months or 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 a year. 
as many people su- subscribe to but um, it ages I am, like a good wine yeah but I am going to make another Christmas pudding and I'm probably going to do it maybe this weekend and I know it's only going to get three weeks but I mean it's it's like I say to people when when they say oh but it's not going to be it's not going to be the same if you don't <laughs> store it for for three months or six months I think months. maybe the attempt I might make this year for the mince pies I might make the pastry from scratch and I might buy the mince meat. You can yeah. buy mince meat. I might it's not the same. I won't I won't be able to say I made it from scratch. But I asked you your top three of Christmas tastes. I'm not sure if you mentioned three, but my number one is mince pies. I love yeah. mince pies. Yeah. In fact, if no one's eaten it, I've got one more puff pastry mince pie out there right now. <laughs> A big moment for me every year is the first mince pie of the year. I Josh. Would you believe if I said I don't think I've ever had a mince pie? Oh wow. You're in for but, a treat. It's it's all the nice flavours of Christmas all put together in a mince pie. I mean, I've looked at the recipe or the, the It's the like list mulled wine in a pie. Yeah. yeah. Or or basically the same as a Christmas pudding without <laughs> all of the the, yeah. the flour and the stuff. Yeah. But can I do you think cuz I I can imagine the only minced pie I would be able to get is if I go to Iceland as in the shop uh, uh and get maybe like wa- walkers minced pies. Yeah. Are are they are they a fair representation of what minced pie is? They're not fresh and homemade, but honestly they're still good. Like the Mr. Kipling's ones would be the ones that you would get in the shops at home, like in okay. the supermarkets, which is the same as like you said walkers. And they're not bad. They're not like they're obviously not handmade or homemade, but they're not bad. They're fairly okay. I'll get some. I'll get some. The best ones I've ever had were in Bunratty Folk Park, where you've been. <laughs> of course. Every year they build a Christmas village and you can go down and walk around and meet all the characters of the Christmas lore, like Scrooge and Santa Claus and... Ebenezer all. himself. Ebenezer, yeah. Timothy's father. Yeah. Um, and then wash it, it down with It was mead. Thomas, actually, not Timothy. Yeah, you can get mead, you can get mulled wine, you can get... But they make fresh homemade mince pies with shortbread pastry Mm. and that was my first ever experience of mince pies and it was also my first ever experience of mulled wine and that might it's also one of my big memories of Christmas since I was young going to Bunratty every year so maybe that's why it all kind of fits together in a nice little puzzle Yeah. but those two things are probably my top tastes of Christmas yeah we can talk about all this stuff more in upcoming episodes but absolutely and i would love yeah. to i i have several things i I'd, I'd love to 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 tell you about um i have many more questions to ask too about traditions I'd, and all that but yeah, yeah. This, the ditto um i i for one thing that i have is i can tell you some interesting potential truth about the christmas jumper tradition uh that ties together uh your tradition of of christmas jumpers in in ireland and yeah, the uk which is a pretty recent and, thing to be honest yeah, yeah. and it, it ties into uh traditions uh from norway uh, so it's it's uh, it's quite interesting but what i want to do is do the same thing as you josh and uh just ask all of you lovely people listening to this 
come on, pitch in. Give us some of your Christmas traditions, your yep. top three or two or whatever tastes or smells or, or of of Christmas. Tell us how you decorate. And what what for you tells you straight away that it's almost Christmas or that Christmas is coming? What's what needs to happen in the moment for you to go? Oh yeah, we're nearly there. Here we go. And it's and time. W- and music as well. What yeah. what songs do you listen to? What songs, what are tunes, your melodies? Yeah. And and if you in any way are able to tie your tastes or smells or decorations into something that has anything to do with folk music, all the better. But even you better. Don't have to. Even better. We want all related things in song format. No, we don't. We want them in any <laughs> format possible. Send but send us audio messages. Send us emails. Get in touch on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and we have some time. So over the next few weeks when we're talking about Christmas carols, are we officially in, we're officially in the 24 days of, what's, what's it called? Uh, Advent. Advent. We're officially into Advent now. So for all Advent timed episodes, we can bring up your comments and we can mention things about Christmas around the world. I know we have fans on the other side of the world who have summer at this time of year. I'd love to know what you guys do at Christmas yeah. or what the Christmas traditions are over there. Um, everything and anything. As always, folks, thanks a million for tuning in. Is Have you anything to add, Christian, to any of this? I, I do, I do. At, at, at the end here, I, I want to give you a little bit of uh, Charles Dickens' uh, punch recipe. Are you up for it? I love it. There are few things that are more Dickensian than a bowl of punch. A great lover of drink, Dickens wove spirits into his writing repeatedly and even conceived of his own punch, whose recipe he included in a letter to a friend writing that it might make her for 90 years a beautiful punch maker in more senses than one. A cheek-warming mix of cognac, rum, citrus and sugar Dickens required this recipe to cook by setting the spirit mix on fire. We urge you to take care with this step to avoid any uh, signed uh, eyebrows. Okay, so here we go. Ingredients. Yields 8 cups. 3 quarter cup sugar, preferably demerara. 3 lemons, 2 cups rum, preferably smith and cross, 1 and a quarter cups cognac, preferably corvier, VSOP, and then 5 cups of black tea or hot water if you're a little bitch, but that's uh, <laughs> that's my person. Un- you had me until the black tea. Keep going. And then heat proof bowl or enameled cast iron pot and then basically just uh, in the in the basin uh, just uh, add sugar and the peels of three lemons rub lemons and sugar together to to release citrus oils for more greater infusion let's sit for 30 minutes add rum and cognac to the sugar sugar and citrus uh, light a match using a heat proof spoon uh, and then light it on fire and then uh, extinguish ex- extinguish and um, take off the lemon peels blah 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 uh, squeeze in the juice of the three peeled lemons and add hot tea or water and yeah if this... serving the punch hot skip the next step if serving cold cool punch in the refrigerator and when cooled add ice 
garnished with citrus, wheels, and grated nutmeg. I feel like we need to try this. So do I. It sounds highly alcoholic. It sounds dangerous and lovely. <laughs> Turalura. Dangerous need... and lovely. <laughs> maybe we need an episode of Christmas drinks. Over dangerous the and lovely. Or... <laughs> dangerous and lovely. Yeah, coming up, folks. Turalura. <laughs> yeah, Turalura. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. What did you call me? Hello, Christmas bear.